Dearest listeners, welcome to Weakness for Bleakness for another week. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I didn't prepare an introduction this week. Uh, just how are you doing? We're, we're back again to talk to you about news and politics. How do you do, listener? I'm Darcy Moran. Oh, yeah, I'm Kieran. Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, that's it. Let's roll tape. I think we should have come up with Noom's Dick Ware by now. Yeah, yeah. Probably very foolish of us to broadcast on Claire. Extremely foolish. I'm starting up teaching again this semester and the degree of anxiety with which I now <laughs> approach every online uh, thing, knowing that my students could find me. Right. I don't use my real name. We have seven days to come up with amusing puns and back mm. edit them into every episode. Oh, good. Yeah, that should be... Amusing pun names. That... Oh, fuck, what a... D-Dog? D the Moran. As I said, we have seven days to come up with amusing puns. All right, seven days. We can now, do it in seven days. Go intro. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. All these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, the captain said the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when work is philanthropically, believe in the economy, but what a feast for tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies, and everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we no, no, no. Yeah, good. Uh, I did an actual point then. Darcy, do you have a, a headline to get us... Should we start calling these stories rather than headlines? Because we don't always have a headline for That's it. That's true, actually. We should call them stories. Do you have a we? story to start us off with? I do have a story to start us off with, which mm. is autonomous hemorrhoid Craig Kelly mm -hmm. is uh, facing a grassroots campaign to oust him from the Liberal Party. No, not our Craig. Our Craig. Our large, soft... Savant Craig. <laughs> the disgusting, inflated corpse of mm. Mark Latham. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, he is just... There was Mark Latham Form 1, which was <laughs> when he was Labour leader, and then he evolved into one Latham party, which is where he's been for a while, even though he only did that thing recently. That's the infamous PM's 11 dirty oh, yeah. guy. And yeah, Craig Kelly is just Latham 3. Waiting for Goku to come and finish him off. Yeah, please. It's brilliant. So, Craig was, of course, uh, the man whose name we notoriously forgot yeah. one or two episodes ago. Because he's a <laughs> notoriously, stupid yeah. dirtbag idiot. Yeah, because he's a piece of useless but shit that's it, not worth thinking about. He except. is a piece of useless shit that's not worth thinking about unless you have unless. the misfortune to be one of his constituents. Yeah, yeah. So, Craig was rescued from his constituency party mm. by the Prime Minister yep. in an awesome example of Liberal Party broad church values, Scott Morrison stamped on the local Liberal branch members and said, no, this is the man who will represent you. Um, <laughs> despite the fact that they did not want a fucking bar of him because yeah. he's a loon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being and a uh, Craig Kelly constituent is like being the kid in Battle Royale who gets like <laughs> a fucking feather as your yeah. weapon. 
<laughs> oh, it's brilliant. This is part of the agonizingly slow, the geologically slow process of mm. most Liberal Party members uh, realizing that they're actually Labour Party members. Mm. And it's going to take way too long to save the planet. But it's nice to see that it's underway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he's, uh, he's, he's facing a posse of angry moderates mm. who've set up a group called Hughes Deserves Better. Uh, it has a Twitter account. And as of the time this article was written, which was by the, the wonderful Anne Davies, mm-hmm. uh, it had 300 followers. Okay. But including amongst those is, of course, Alex Turnbull. Ah, Alex Turnbull, our favourite uh, adult son. Our favourite adult son who, uh, yeah, cares way more about his dad's legacy than his dad evidently <laughs> does. Yeah. He's, uh, so he's being challenged by, by Hughes Deserves Better, mm. the Liberal Party moderates. Unfortunately, I suspect he is 100% likely to survive the challenge. Yeah. Because Liberal Party moderates are even weaker than Labour Party moderates. Mm. They are just stingless jellyfish. Yeah, 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 yeah. How, but it's, Unbelievably but it's, so. But this will divert resources away from other candidates. Yeah. You know, it will make Scott Morrison just generally more miserable and stressed. Which, which is, is always fun. good. It's yeah. good because he's especially funny when he's stressed. Yeah. And... Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, as soon as he took the prime ministership, his like humor value went up tenfold oh my because God. all of a sudden, just beset on all sides by reminders of his own incompetence, he was, he was the most boring person, wasn't he, in yeah. the Turnbull cabinet? But he has now turned out to be the f- number one comedy prime minister in of Australian all time. history. Of yeah, all time. Yeah, if, if, Bar if only he wasn't running offshore death camps. He yeah, would be yeah, genuinely hilarious. If he if he weren't a complete Character. piece of shit, an absolute vile monstrosity cooked up in the darkest recesses of the racist Australian mind, I would be quite fond of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the for the effortless uh, grace with which he blunders. And, 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 and the sincerity in which he holds his religious beliefs, mm. which is only ever a, a whole trademark or a sign of somebody who literally needs to have morality explained to them because they cannot fucking figure it out for themselves. Yeah, yeah. They think right and wrong are deep and genuine mysteries. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They hold them in the same, uh, uh, like, sphere as love and consciousness. Yeah. Philosophers. Pure mathematics. No, most people have a general pretty good idea (laughs) of what constitutes Even if we get it wrong sometimes. Yeah. There's a kind of, like, shaky compass needle (laughs) that gets us there a fair bit of the time. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So the, the, the Liberal Party um, moderates are really angry about climate change as their mm. main concern, but they're also not thrilled about Kelly's uh, role in, in shafting Malcolm Turnbull, which yeah. he was one of the key guys. He mm-hmm. screwed the NEG, mm-hmm. um, and he is, of course, part of the religious lobby who are also unpopular amongst Liberal moderates. Yeah. Because I think... The Liberal Party membership has a higher religious component than the Labour Party membership, and definitely higher than the Greens or yeah. whatever. Probably only the Nationals have a higher one or one nation. Yeah. But they're mostly quite chilled out, moderate religious people, mm. the sorts of ones who just grew up with it and are too lazy to stop it. Yeah, it, yeah. Basically. 
Because who has the energy to go through such emotional and psychological torsion? Well, as changing your fundamental belief system. Obviously, people it is should. Hard, yeah, but, but if you don't get to it when you're young, like the likelihood of getting to it is. Also, I feel like a lot of them are the sorts of religious people who really don't think about it very often. Yeah, it comes yeah. up occasionally. It's a cultural backdrop. Yeah, but they certainly don't mm. feel comfortable when they see other people getting really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of this must be made doubly difficult because, like, in America, when you talk about your evangelicals, you've got these, like, telegenic kind of guys or guys like Mike Pence, who kind of looks like an XCOM character, like an angular, (laughs) nondescript. One of the thin men. Yeah. Oh, I meant one of the fucking soldiers. But, yeah, he's definitely (laughs) creepy. But he's got, like... You know, he's got the close crop and the the angular jaw and stuff. And it's like, well, at least he's he cuts a powerful figure. But Craig Kelly doesn't cut a powerful figure. He cuts a fucking odious and Craig odorous. Kelly looks like figure. a he looks like a gnocco ball that's been left <laughs> under the fridge like he's de- kind of yeah. attracted those pre actual decay gobules. Mm, yep. you know, like yeah. 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 He's a, a dusty gnocco. He's a dusty gnocco. He looks like a cut minor character from the Monstars from Space Jam. <laughs> He's <laughs> I could see him leaping around, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. As in, in miniature form. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's gross. He's a piece of Can shit. I bring you back to our planet, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Space Jam, by the way, mm. way more coherent than any current Liberal Party policies. One of my deep shames is that I have never seen Space Jam. Really? Yeah. Uh, so they need to. No, I, I know that. I know oh, the cool. plot. They steal the powers from basketball players, and yeah, yeah, that's right. So that they can win some sort of tourism thing by having Michael Jordan as a as an exhibit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> What a dog. I hate Craig Kelly. Oh, sorry, uh, no. There's a, there's an addendum. Okay. Um, yeah. There's, Angus Taylor mm. uh, is the energy minister in New South Wales, yeah. who is part of Kelly's faction and relies a lot on Kelly's support. Mm. And he has just released a um, list of 66 power generation projects, which all seek taxpayer support, mm. uh, and 10 of them rely on coal. Ah, for, well, for, for the reliable fed income power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, your mate was talking about the market solution that wasn't a government solution because taxpayers would wouldn't yeah, pay yeah, for yeah. it and all that. Yeah, the coal is in this like extremely one hundred percent taxpayer funded coal yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah, it's in this extremely Schadenfreude position for me at the moment though because the market is turning against it and so it's quickly becoming one of those like purely ideological wedge issues where it's not like it's no longer like well we need power and renewables aren't quite there yet it's at the point where it's like no renewables are where people invest when given the choice well it's been it's been it's been that way since um oh who was that um pre-trump since ronald reagan ripped the solar panels off the Uh, white house roof it's been purely ideological yeah 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 i mean it always has been purely ideological but the 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 excuses the material bases for it poor jimmy carter got such a bad rap all through the late 20th early 21st century Mm. and if you look back had his policies been followed Mm. so much would be so much better i mean i think you can say that about basically every left leader since (laughs) 
Yeah, I know, but he was the just so, so massively ridiculed mm. and eviscerated at the time. He was. Uh, while all these fucking gormless shits were lionized, even by, like, the left, because he wasn't left mm. enough for us. Yeah. He was way too centrist for us. Yeah. But Jesus, if that man's policies had been followed through the 80s and 90s. Well. So much better. There but for the grace of gobshites. Go yeah. away. Shall we push on? Yeah, sorry, I was just had a moment of reflection. That's okay. That's okay. That's what we we aim to uh to engender those moments. What's your story, Kieran? You... Uh because so desperate this to is, get out. This is from the UK. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. It's, a, it's a goodie. It's from the UK, but it's like perfectly emblematic of the the shit that comes out when Tories are forced uh due to like public recrimination or election uh, approaching or whatever when they're forced to put out policy uh, ideas to trick the public into thinking that they give a shit about them yeah to think that they give a shit about issues of health or education or whatever so in the UK the Tories have proposed uh, using Clark's shoes staff to help improve children's language skills because uh, <laughs> the literacy report came in and it's not good for the old UK oh really yeah uh, it's like Constant funding cuts have some kind of negative consequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, I, th- I don't remember the exact numbers, so I'm not quoting the numbers, but my memory of it is something like a 70% literacy rate, which is pretty fucking abysmal for a... Uh, it's actually something more like 7 million adults with very poor literacy skills, which is a little over 10% rather than 30, but still bad. Yeah, that's... Uh... That was not good a hundred years ago. No, no, that was... That's not been good for a long time uh, for the fucking UK. But their solution to it uh, is to set up funding and programming to train the staff at businesses like Clark's Shoes in the five minutes that they have with kids to get them shoes. Never mind the five minutes that they have with kids to get them shoes. In the five minutes window that there will still be any Clark's Shoes retailers (laughs) operating in the UK. Yeah, that's also very true. Such a fucking brilliant Tory view of the world to think, despite everything they've done to throttle them, to genuinely think there Mm. are still thriving village high streets where you can have a supportive community of hoteliers and restaurateurs and retail clerks yeah in brown overcoats and flat caps exactly like, now 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 <laughs> i before e except after fucking digimon no, i don't i don't know either governor fucking give me digimon <laughs> uh that's my interpretation of the youth yeah, uh, not to steal all of our content from other podcasts, but uh, Chapo had that analysis of uh, Donald Trump when he said that uh, people would be advanced credit by their local shopkeeps during the government shutdown. Oh, and really? That, that, like, this is the disease of the conservative <laughs> mind, is how they imagine the small yeah, town to be. Because you still have a family greengrocer yeah. who knows you from you drink together at the pub and you're in the same bowls club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. As if all retail weren't a fucking bee's <laughs> dick away from being interacting soullessly with holograms already. I am literally trying to picture. I don't even know who you'd speak to at Coles. 
balls to arrange shop credit because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. No, <laughs> you should speak to the security guard because that's who they're going to get to you're escort more you likely, off the property. So you might as you're well more likely to be able to get a five dollar loan from the beggar at the front of the fucking yeah. shop than you are from yeah. the bastards that run it. Because they're all much more human than yeah. <laughs> anybody on 100%, the inside. One hundred percent, way more generous. Alice O'Keefe in a uh, an article for The Guardian. So that Kevin Rawlinson broke the story that I read uh, also for The Guardian. And then Alice O'Keefe had an opinion piece where she pointed out that the only time that kids are going to Clark's shoes uh, to get their fucking school shoes is always just in the week before school starts. So w- essentially what they're asking is for one week. Like uh, a primer. Twice before a year. The, yeah. Is for the busiest shop on the fictional high street. <laughs> to somehow get a comprehensive English curriculum across while fitting fucking sugar-high jittery kids. And half of the voting public in the United Kingdom still Mm. believe that this is the natural party of government. Yeah, 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 yeah. People are fucking clueless. (laughs) They're morons. But this is just generally a pattern which I love so well, which is the conservative mind's inability to come up with even a Band-Aid solution, like a centrist, centre-lefty kind of thing. Be like, all right, we'll chuck some yeah, money. Yeah, like, okay, we're going to we're gonna slow down on closing public libraries. How would that be? Like, yeah, yeah. A, right? Surely that would be how phase many, out. How many tens of millions of pounds are you spending on this absurd training, training delusion? <laughs> That you could just, yeah, give it to... <laughs> it's so much easier for everybody that you don't have to set up a training infrastructure of <laughs> shopkeepers coming through. Just give £50 million to the libraries, give them to the public uh, school English department. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's the whole of the story is that these well, people no, because they, have lost their minds. Remember, they have to make sure that the comprehensive school system doesn't work. Yeah. So it's literally any alternative to a functional yeah. state provider. Yeah, of course, of course. Even if it's not a fucking alternative. Yeah. In any meaningful sense. Well, when I was a wee lad and uh, mummy got me a tutor to run me through the classics of Chaucer and Dickens... Uh, that I, I admit that that had something to do with my current elocution and diction uh, superiority. And so I can only assume that this is the closest thing that a small child can get to a tutor, is uh, uh, local harried, harried, bedraggled, fucking 20-year-old stoner on his first job, <laughs> gormlessly saying, the cat sat on the mat, the dog... Played with the hog. <laughs> what? Hog? It's <laughs> the fourth animal that you're teaching them? Set third. I can't count because the Clark's Shoes people never taught me maths. I'm convinced that some of the Tories are far too old to have studied Chaucer as children. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They were tearing down posters of Chaucer from the bus stop because it was too hip and cool. Destroying literature. I don't like the way the... Poets these days bringing in these continental influences, <laughs> ruining Saxon epic poetry with their rhyming quatrains and their yeah. iambic meter. <laughs> Disgusting. Rhyming. What's wrong with a good old plodding pontoon of the great high Middle Ages? It's bom, true bom, that bom. scholars have not been able to discern whether this character is a human or an animal because of the <laughs> fundamental differences in language between then and now, but... Still gripping, bracing stuff. 
<laughs> Beowulf for me from morning till evening. Yeah, simple story, simple story. Hey, man, a monster. Yeah, let's fucking push on. <laughs> Such idiots. Such idiots. But I have some good news, Kieran, to counteract. Oh, wonderful. To counteract the... Uh, the, 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 the sufferings and pains that we've been going through. Mm. Capitalism is having an identity crisis, <laughs> yes. but it is still the best system, says Eugene Joseph from the Centre for Independent Studies. A, I know this one. <laughs> this uh, is a good one. I suspect many of our, many of our keener mm. uh, listeners will, will be aware of this, if not aware of uh, Eugene generally. The Guardian closed the comment section extremely early on this one after only 214 comments <laughs> and literally about two hours. Like, no, just slammed the door shut. Um, they had to be expecting something. So this was not written for The Guardian. It was picked up and, and run with by them uh, because they like to sometimes punish those of their readers who uh, fail to subscribe, I guess, and just make use yeah. of the free content. Every now and again, shock you and upset you. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, it's the modern news way is just gradually make it a rare resource that you have to pay for, and then publish shit like this and <laughs> pretend that that's going to convince anybody. Ah, oh, this is such shit. So strap yourselves in, babies. Mm. This is ideally uh, not listened to if you're trying to get yourself to sleep. Yeah. May result in undue excitement. Don't listen to this while you're operating a motor vehicle because this article is like the monsters from Bird Box. You'll just fucking tilt that (laughs) shit into oncoming. So pull over, pause the podcast, get yourself ready. That's right. No hot beverages. Capitalism is clearly having an identity crisis Mm. when it becomes a punching bag for even Fox News conservatives in Mm. the United States. Clearly. But it is still the best economic system we have for alleviating global poverty and improving living standards. Well, it's the only economic system we have. Well, indeed. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to what Bernie Sanders, Jeremy Corbyn or John Quiggan might have you believe. John Quiggan. John Quiggan is, is, a, is a, uh, a slightly more down on her level uh, opponent. Uh, being a fellow journalist. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think he's unused to being thrust into the company of Sanders and Corbyn. <laughs> yeah, what a wild. Uh, but she's, she's included a hyperlink to his name. Uh, so uh, Always a good we sign. We can see a catfight yep. brewing on the horizon. Yeah. Guardian catfight. The most boring and genteel catfight <laughs> yeah. in the history of the press. Uh, contrary to what these uh, what they may, may have you believe, capitalism is not about consumerism exploitation or mm. worship of big corporates. Yeah. Contrary to that, Kieran. Yes. It is simply the freedom for individuals mm. to engage in enterprise and voluntary trade. Stop the clock. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> I'm going to give her the first paragraph as like a given. I don't think it's fair to have too much analysis of an opening <laughs> paragraph because that's really just a continuation of the headline. Mm. But by paragraph two, yeah, <laughs> she is massively fucking wrong already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Firstly, 
the concept of individuals engaging in enterprise and trade freely and voluntarily is yeah. a complete furphy to anybody who is not middle class, but also yeah. to most of the middle class as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It All is... of those economics with involuntary trade, those right? economic systems. <laughs> that's what I fucking hate is the government comes to your door and they fucking put a sack of potatoes in you. The only way that you can conceive mm. of labour sorry, enterprise and trade to be in any way voluntary Mm. is if, and she is, by the way, Mm. you are an economist Mm. who spends your life not analysing data as you are supposed to, but redefining what words mean in order to prax your way out of the Mm. troubles you find yourself in. Yeah. Voluntary, I'm 100% guarantee you in her mad brain yeah. literally means the choice between acting or starving as being yeah yeah you yeah. know like when it's like oh well by rational what i mean is irrational <laughs> yeah yeah what? yeah, yeah. i mean by rational i mean human beings are pleasure seeking thoughtless cretins I'm like oh great i'm glad that we yeah. if we are to be rational good of you to appreciate <laughs> that humans are irrational then we therefore must divide, define human rationality as an inherently irrational thing by voluntary, what mm. I mean is coerced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean is, but coercion, there's still, you know, technically a choice. What I mean is I've been reading the Americans talk <laughs> about how important it is to have choice in healthcare lately. Yeah. Capitalism is literally about exploitation. It it's, is it's, a financial It's the, the name structure. of the thing. Yeah. Leverage and exploit <laughs> capital so that you don't have to work and you get money for fuck all. Completely correct. Self-replicating money brought about by the literal exploitation of most of the planet's workforce. Yeah. Who are engaged in enterprise and voluntary trade without coerced labour at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Indeed, capitalism, in the form of enterprise and trade, has has been the driving force behind the most remarkable decline in global poverty ever witnessed in human history. In the past 200 years, extreme poverty has collapsed from a whopping 94% of the entire world population Mm. to less than 10% today. Yeah, uh, I want to do this as uh, the topic next week, but a side note is that uh, there's recently been some interesting analysis of global poverty and how we interpret those numbers, and in fact, it's fucking dire. It is incredibly dire, because the global poverty benchmark is so hilariously low yeah. that you may may as well not exist. It's, it's exactly- literally like, mm. oh, this person <clears throat> had access to a meal today, therefore yeah. they are not living in poverty. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the Genius. same as when you see those posters at the train station where it's like, 98% of our trains arrived on time, and then you follow <laughs> the asterisks and it's like, on time, yeah. defined as within 15 minutes. We have unemployment time. down to 2.5%. Mm. Unemployment being defined... As people who are still looking for work, work less than one hour a fortnight, or yeah. volunteer their time for less than one hour in a fortnight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking garbage. Absolute garbage. Extreme poverty is affecting so much more than 10% of the world's population. It is affecting over half of the world's you population. You would have to be a fucking absolute <laughs> dipshit to look at the world today and be like, oh, yeah, poverty, no. Nah. But again, when we say, in economics, uh, when we say that you are out of poverty, <laughs> mm. what we mean is that in every meaningful sense of the word, 
you are still living in poverty. Mm. Yeah. And uh, by extreme poverty, we actually mean death. Yeah. <laughs> Exclusively those kids uh, from the Adopt-A-Child Foundation ads where they've got the distended bellies from extreme malnutrition and there's just... Yeah, they're talking about the percentage of the population vultures. that are basically involved in a civil war at the moment. Yeah. Uh, is what they categorise as extreme poverty. Yeah. Fucking crazy. This is even more remarkable when you remember the global population has ballooned from 1 billion to over 7 billion in that time, Mm. largely due to better life expectancy. Mm. Even now, more than 60,000 people on average are escaping extreme poverty every single day. Of course, (laughs) there is... What does that mean? (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) There are still pockets of the world where the benefits of capitalism remain tragically out of reach. But the abject poverty is not caused by capitalism. It is caused by a lack of capitalism. (laughs) Conflict, war, corruption and political instability prevent the operation of economic markets and capital inflows for investment. Mm. Mm. If it is given a real chance to work, capitalism will always prove the best path out of extreme poverty. You know, like in in the 19th century and most of the 20th century and so Mm. far all of the 21st century. I also like to point out the uh, attempt at fancy footwork where Eugenie Joseph is trying to argue in this article that capitalism is not a system and that it is a system simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. All of those are huge global economic uh, crashes and crises caused by not capitalism, like the Great Depression and uh, (laughs) (laughs) the global financial crisis. Notoriously non-capitalistic problems. Yeah, the uh, entire factory towns Mm. scattered throughout the UK in the 19th century that were essentially vast slave factories where you were paid in company money and had to spend that company money in the only company shops that were available and you did 16-hour shifts and everyone was dead by the age of 30. Yeah. If only not enough capitalism hadn't interfered in capitalism working as it's intended to in those circumstances, then those... Only unions hadn't gotten in the way of perfect capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. So disgusting of them, of those those union bosses with their agenda. (laughs) (laughs) Their agenda. Another key uh, benefit of... This is, it gets better, Kieran. We, mm. we have a second. So the, the first key benefit of capitalism is that it's awesome. Yeah. That's literally what we've had articulated. But yeah. there's another key benefit beyond being awesome, right? Yeah. Really? Is that it's a driving force for awesome. Oh, good. Another key benefit of capitalism is it acts as a driving force behind continual improvements to our quality of life. Capitalism mm. is necessary to generate new ideas through innovation and technology and bring them to market. We will always need startups and entrepreneurs to invest capital in new ideas like clean energy technology, 3D printing, or the leading edge communications that are opening up third world countries' access to the world. Almost all of which have had those technologies initially developed by By government. By publicly funded researchers. Saw a blown up uh, diagram of an iPhone recently and just literally every major piece of technology had its start in government projects. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is no incentive to develop new technology for private enterprise because that's costly. Research and development is costly. Yeah, disruption is shit. Nobody mm. nobody wants it. O- Unless- only governments want it because they have the most incentive to improve mm. and uh, increase efficiency. Yeah. Horse shit. 
Eugenot or whatever his name is. Her name? <laughs> she, her name. Oh, she's... The Eugenots had far more coherent arguments. <laughs> for the, the, she wouldn't have been doubting transubstantiation in the Middle <laughs> Ages. <laughs> Fleeing to England to escape the Catholics. No, she'd have been... Quite right. on the contrary, you can see that transubstantiation <laughs> is responsible for much yeah. of the world's population <laughs> rising out of poverty. Without transubstantiation, we wouldn't be able to eat Jesus. Think mm. about that. Yes. Like, yeah, but it's about whether it's true or not. Uh, it's about whether it's awesome or not. Firstly, yeah. she's one of those guys d- during the Counter-Reformation went to the Pope with their proposals for fixing the yeah, Catholic yeah. Church. Like, So we think one of the problems is there are nude paintings in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. And that's upsetting the peasants. Yeah, it's putting people off. The peasants can't handle it. Their delicate didn't, sensibilities. Didn't we let them into the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> oh, maybe that's maybe that's where we're going wrong. Mm. L- letting them mm. see what we're spending all this money mm. on. Probably a bad idea. The new <laughs> ideas don't always work. So the profit incentive is essential to attracting investors, especially when there is a high risk that new ideas will fail. Mm. This is particularly true in pharmaceuticals, where developing a new life-saving drug can follow years of failed research mm. and cost well in excess of $1 billion. Mm. So what she's done there is accidentally... Proven. Proven herself wrong. Yeah. Because what you need is that f- f- under those circumstances is reliable government support. Yeah. And in, in public expenditure. Free of the profit motive. Not... Fu- exactly. It does, there's absolutely nothing about how the profit motives of benefit there. But mm. again, capitalism is neither a system and also a system. It yeah. is, it's awesome and it's a driving force and it's whatever she needs it to be mm. in this weird mm. panegyric. Of course. It's given us such easy access to life-changing products that it becomes common to take them for granted. Our mobile phones, the internet, vaccines and antibiotics for a start. Vaccines and antibiotics definitely were not developed by capitalism. Neither no. was the internet. Neither were mobile phones. Again, no. all government... De- all in fact, government the, the first two, uh, specifically the Defence Department, mm. and um, the next two, actual accidents. <laughs> yeah. Brought about by just people tinkering, just curious eccentrics tinkering Good and researching. Eccentrics. Yes. Well, it is difficult to predict the new ideas of the future... They will in no doubt further improve our lives in ways we couldn't have imagined. Mm. The scope to advance our quality of life is limitless. Well... I mean, somewhat true, but not really related to capitalism at all. No, this is the problem that uh, is consistent with these absolute brain geniuses that they say because in the modern era of technological and medical development people's lives have gotten longer and generally quality of life has gotten up in the wealthy parts that yeah, have decent because distribution. because been making productivity gains. Yeah. They, like, that's just happened as a concept of linear time, as a consequence of linear time. Yeah. Well, it was always going to... From the, from the moment that steam technology yeah. was invented, productivity gains were always going to become exponential from that point. A hundred percent. And they think that because capitalism has enjoyed a monopoly over global uh, economic systems that the two are somehow related. Yeah, they're essentially saying that in order to get mm. people out of quality, we need to have the most unequal distribution mechanism mm. to help get people out of poverty. Yeah, it's like saying that rising depression rates are responsible for the improvement of living standards or rising obesity rates. They're fucking happening at the same time. They're not causal. They're not causal. 
Now she, man, she goes on for ages. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start boiling it down to some yeah, punch yeah, points. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta move on. Okay, now mm. we have even so because capitalism is now a scapegoat for for ills, for mm. social and economic problems. Mm. Quote: We have even seen capitalism blamed for the bad behavior of the banks which is akin to blaming democracy for voter fraud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. That's not how analogies work. No, that's not how analogies not work akin at all. To beha- not akin at all. No. Voter it's- fraud is, how the, is, is, is literally people breaking the... Well, firstly, voter fraud's not a thing. And it's, not a, it's not an inherent product of democracy. No. Because democracy a, yeah. itself does not encourage people to behave in a fraudulent manner when they're mm. voting mm. whereas capitalism because it's incentive based yes absolutely 100 percent encourages people to uh oh backing royal commission's made 76 recommendations it'll be interesting to see how morrison avoids them mm. um <clears throat> sorry <laughs> capitalism literally encourages people to engage in insane high risk behavior yeah 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 especially when of this, yeah it? so it's not remotely the same at all mm. And now we have a straw man, or a lie, frankly, a lie. Yeah. Those of us who, those who state that capitalism has failed speak fondly of state socialism. No, they don't. I don't know a single prominent left-wing thinker mm. who is advocating that we return to a 1930s-style planned economy. Yeah. At all. Everyone agrees that the Soviet Union was not a fucking socialist society. It was an ambitious experiment that yeah. fucking didn't work. You can't run a country like a massive corporation and call it a social workers bank <laughs> yeah. republic. Yeah. Everyone agrees it was at best a corrupted workers state or a degraded workers state, but it mm. was absolutely not a socialist economy. Mm. And yeah, this is what she basically uses throughout her exact ve- was Venezuela, predictably enough. Of course, of course. <laughs> Oh, now, fuck the coup there. That's something we should have we should about at have, some point. Have a, Next have week, a gander at that. For now, I'll just mention that mm. uh, if a country is effectively shut out of the global trading system, yes, as is the case with Venezuela and mm. uh, has been the case with Cuba now for decades, mm. it is unfair to simultaneously say you're not allowed to do commerce and, mm. ha, see, your commerce sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's absolute disingenuous uh it's, it's it's literally stop yourself. it's it's and it's the conservative mantra of starve the beast always yeah, yeah make sure the program fails then claim it was inevitable exactly genius um she's un she is literally incapable of conflating socialism with anything other than the most like mm. on the nose over it everyone agrees it doesn't work experiments of the yeah. 20th century I'm tired of that. It's like fucking equating all corporatism with Nazi Germany and it's like, yeah, the, the, the corporatist shit is horrible and mean, but I don't think that it inevitably puts Jews into ovens. No, it doesn't at all. And you could look at the Zaibatsu in Japan mm. and uh, say, all right, you can blame them for fascist Japan, but yeah. they were the same guys who then took over post-fascist Japan without there being any fascism. Yeah. It doesn't... It's monstrous, you don't doesn't. have to... You don't have to go for the low blows every time. The, no. The fucking Soviet thing is tiresome. It is, because everyone agrees. It, while the Soviet Union was still around, mm. most left-wing thinkers had 
distance themselves. Most people dropped it after the fucking Khrushchev slaughtered the Hungarians. Mm. It was really only the right who kept insisting that the Soviet Union was in any way a left-wing phenomenon yeah. after that. yeah. It was heartbreaking for a lot of people, but yeah. mostly the left except... And now, if you look at talking about left-wing economies and economics, mm. mostly people focus on essentially um, anarcho-syndicalism or, yeah. you know, workers' corporatism. There's a bunch of models that are decentralised and efficient yeah. and not... And democratic, by the way. Yes. All the things that capitalists say they like about capitalism. Mm. The only difference is that it's not a fucking con job to extract value yeah, yeah. from you can't be <laughs> workers. A rent-seeking rent toad <laughs> sitting at the top yeah. of something and just getting value for nothing. Well, what a fucking horror of an article. I uh, should, I got extremely the, funny, though. I, I got the voice wrong. I, I should have done like more kind of, you know... Uh, well, capitalism actually uh, mm, is yeah, a fuck because mm, that's mm. that's the fucking tone that's she exactly was taking. A hundred percent tone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Cool. Shall we push? Yeah, it's your turn, dude. Uh, this is in my phone, just labelled as Hildebrand brain take. So yes. you may remember Joe Hildebrand, uh, dear listener, from way back in episode thirteen, where he wrote an incredible article after the uh, by-elections where he suggested that Malcolm Turnbull had actually won the Super Saturday by-elections by the cunning uh, method of losing them. That's because right. Because if he had won, then Anthony Albanese would have taken over the party and then Malcolm Turnbull may not have been our Prime Minister after the uh, election, of course. All of that proved to be wrong because Joe Hildebrand is a terrible fucking faux intellectual i'll tell you what though he'd be an asset to any theology course ah a hundred percent yeah a master sophist um okay so my my disclaimer here is that i don't really want to talk about the uh the the horrific racism of australia day we covered that last uh week bruce and, bruce bruce yep and this all came out of uh carrie ann kennelly is that her name i only Carrie-Anne really know Kennelly. Cack, uh, yeah. her argument with Yumi Stein, Steins, yes, Yumi uh, Steins, Steins on uh, on the TV, where she said some dumb equivocating shit, where she was like, "Oh, these people protesting Australia Day, do they care about real Indigenous issues? Where everyone's being raped all the time yeah, by the yeah. rapists, which yeah. is the Indigenous people." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dog whistling was powerful. Uh, dog barking. And Yumi said she sounded racist, which she did. And she there was did sound racist. A whole, uh, a whole thing. And the whole time, Joe Hildebrand sat there like racist. a fucking coward and uh, didn't say anything. And then a couple of days later, penned an article which begins with, in 390 BC, a tribe of Gauls swept down into a small recently formed territory known as the Republic of Rome. Oh. So you can tell the sort of tone that this article uh, is going to be taking. Yeah. Classic Tory anecdote yes. opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes through a bunch of them and, he, and finishes it with like, in short, history is not a very nice place. So this section is not to, to relitigate the issues of racism and stuff, which are obviously very serious. This is just to make fun of Joe Hildebrand, who went onto Twitter to say, actually... I did an undergrad in history and was going to do honours before I got... <laughs> before the hired. university informed me that wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah. 
Probably. <laughs> so he goes through a series of terrible takes. He says, firstly, indigenous people aren't actually indigenous. They also arrived here. They just happened to get here 60,000 years before anybody else. Right. Therefore, there is no such thing as an indigenous population of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Nice Except one, for Joe. Right Except for Ethiopians. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he talks about the Mile Creek Massacre and says, like, look, they prosecuted white people for murdering indigenous people this one time. Yeah. Therefore, uh, the early Australian government was gentle and well-intentioned. And that's the centre of his thesis. I mean, you could get prosecuted for murdering uh, a slave if it wasn't your slave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, content. but again, Mile Creek Massacre. <laughs> doesn't mean that there was uh, fair and equitable treatment of mm. black people in America for, well, yeah. still now, I guess, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mile Creek Massacre is, again, like, the one time that white people were prosecuted and punished for, for murdering yeah. uh, Aboriginal people. And, of course, there may have been individuals in those early uh, colonial uh, governorships and stuff that may have... There were people who were sympathetic to the plight of How many people, people were punished but... when all of Tasmania was slaughtered? Oh, uh, no, none. Nobody, yeah. No, we nearly That's named uh, we nearly named this city after one of the chief architects of that, John Batman, but... who still has things named after him all over the place. But if one, like, local police judge decided mm. that it wasn't an issue, then the whole overarching genocidal narrative... Nice one, Hildebrand. I like it. This little, this little. I feel a lot better about my personal history now. <laughs> Not because I've tried to murder people, just yeah. I've made mistakes. But mm. <laughs> not to this. <laughs> this there's three little paragraphs which really sum it up. Uh, just how disgusting this this take is. Here we go. It is vital that non-indigenous Australians are made acutely aware of the sorrows and stains on our history, the suffering that Aboriginal people have gone through, and the atrocities that have been perpetrated by many of our ancestors. Fair enough. However, it is equally vital, equally vital, that Indigenous Australians understand that for all the tragedy and horror that has befallen them, there was never an intent to invade them, nor a deliberate campaign of genocide. Lies. Lies. (laughs) Even such obviously racist and backward policies as the removal of the so-called half-caste children from their mothers, a horror few parents could bear to contemplate, was often done with good intentions. As impossible as it is for us to imagine today, they actually thought they were rescuing these kids. Which is great, because he kind of admits that the, the, the good stolen generation happened, yeah. Well, he admits <laughs> that it happens, but he also, like, admits without realising what he's admitting, that these good-intentioned things can be fucking awful and racist, which yeah. is exactly... Yeah, if you're a genocidal point- racist, your intentions don't really matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What a massive, massive, massive bum boil. He's an absolute piece of shit. And uh, what's funny about it, though, is just him relentlessly defending himself uh, on Twitter, his his medium of choice, and retweeting compliments, because so many people loved this article. They were like, oh, good on you, Joey. Facts. Finally, some facts in this, uh, because he started with an anecdote about the Gauls. Yeah. Uh, They're like... this. This guy sounds pretty smart. He went to the University of Melbourne and did an undergraduate in history. He must be pretty fucking smart. Uh, so he retweets all of those. <laughs> he did the easiest course, Melbourne University. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, a bunch of people have been like, please, Joe, for the love of God, look at yourself for fucking half a second. And he's like, I said it was racist. I said it was bad. I don't understand why, <laughs> why people are giving me a hard time. 
And if uh, essentially he he finishes off by saying that you know uh, there's violence and abuse going on in indigenous communities, which is terrible, which is true, obviously caused by the fucking widespread systemic oppression of the people and removal of agency and resources. But he doesn't get into that. And he says, uh, I dare say he wouldn't care because that would be admitting that um, people need to be given resources. Yeah, yeah. And so he says we should simmer down about Australia Day because it is usually at this point that people will say, but we can do both. Frankly, it appears we can't. I'm all for the power of symbolism, but when symbolism changes nothing but the symbol itself, then it has no power at all. So essentially, yeah, don't change Australia Day because it doesn't simultaneously fix every problem uh, faced by the indigenous community, which of course were caused by white people, but who only meant the best for them. I'll tell you what, if there's one thing I've learned from the past two articles that we've just exhibited, yeah. it's that if anybody was wondering, as I, this comes up frequently from mm. people who don't bother to do Google searches, but why there aren't more uh, conservative satirists mm. is because they all operate on the level of the Batuta advocate already. They're just not yeah. doing it deliberately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pose-lawing all over the place. They're just so shit and stupid. The... This I, So I didn't bring an article from it today, but I have taken out a subscription to The Spectator magazine. Yeah, that's right. And it is the most glorious publication. Mm. It is so much better than anything the Batuta guys could put together <laughs> or the Chaser guys or mm. anybody. They are the most... I mean, they, they, they make you and I look humble. <laughs> and <laughs> not only humble, but like well-considered, temperate people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Just love it. Articles guys write on literally like how amazing they are. Mm. That's it. and you're like, that's a long preamble. Oh no, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this guy's really hammering home his credentials. He must be this building up to a very nuanced, gen- gen- genuine belief. That politics is just a game of left versus right with absolutely no contact or con- yeah. like they don't believe that conservatism or socialism or liberalism have ideas yeah. or content. Yeah. They literally think they're just entirely interchangeable components mm. of which their team happens to be the Tories. Yeah. Which I understand why you'd have to think that because otherwise you couldn't live <laughs> yeah. with yourself if you actually examined the content of your disgusting messages of course yeah but yeah it's right-wing journalism is just mm. funnier than any left-wing satirist oh, could be which is why there is not right-wing comedians yeah because they don't have a sufficient grasp of reality to yeah. be consciously funny yeah exactly <laughs> oh joe hildebrand what a should be absolute moron yeah, I was hoping that uh, I was hoping he that- needs to spend some time in a Clark's <clears throat> shoes outlet and get an education. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping that uh, how funny it was would overshadow a little bit more <laughs> how monstrous bucket. it is, but but no, it's obviously it's obviously terrible imagine, as well. But so fucking funny. Being the sort of person from the demographic mm. where you can go and get a, uni- a, a, a Melbourne University history undergraduate. Back, yeah. back when he did it, it was more exclusive than it is now, for mm. sure. And also much, much more uh, selective and white in its curriculum. Yeah, 100%. 
100%. Mm. And immediately get a job as an opinion sharer without any opinions, which is just amazing. Yeah. And have the gumption and the gall mm. to begin an idea with the sentiment, what Indigenous people need to understand... Need to understand. ...is that, firstly, they don't exist. <laughs> and that secondly... We made <laughs> yeah. mistakes. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. we made some mistakes, but we meant well. We were trying to help you. Listen, mate, uh, fair go. When 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 the the Brits showed up uh, and they landed their boats on this land and then they took that land for the crown and they built settlements and occupied the land and then called it their own land, there was no intention to, to invade. invade. Oh, my. They didn't mean to invade. The Mongolians under Genghis Khan were just economic migrants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's they fucking, were go-getters looking for crazy. opportunities. Two, <sighs> two tiny points to finish off with. One, the number of indigenous historians that he has had to actively ignore to stick by his take is staggering. Oh, no, really? Uh, and two, the number of uh, his supporters who try to play this, this frankly, masterful move of uh, that was, I'm pretty sure that was the Brits that did all of that. And then we transformed into Australia and yeah. all the British people left and all the Australian people That's moved right. in. Suddenly our histories became different. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we changed teams. Magic point. Yeah. Also yeah. why race is a fucking false concept, by the way, because brains do work like that. And yeah. people literally think this is the truth. Yeah. But God, just this also this tiny bit given away in the conservative brain. Mm. Soldiers arrive on military vessels with military equipment. Mm plant flags and attack people and seize territory from them. Yeah. Not an invasion. No. Refugees arrive claiming asylum. Oh, fuck it. And economic migrants move here to work, which yeah. is fucking fine, by the way. I hate to be <laughs> Economic yeah. migrants. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> You're yeah. allowed to be an economic fucking migrant. That's an invasion. Yeah. Invasion, yeah. not invasion. It's <laughs> fucking wild. <laughs> the best. The best thing is like... The, the the ability that they have to to eat their cake and then still have it tomorrow by yeah, saying... Because they're perfectly happy to eat their own shit. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting. But by saying it wasn't an invasion because we didn't consider this land occupied at the time. In fact, we barely considered these people human. So it wasn't an invasion. I mean, that is literally the only coherent way you can argue that it's not yeah. an invasion, though. Yeah. Yeah. Is, it's is way more monstrous more, than an invasion. <laughs> Than an invasion which recognises uh, the political reality and humanity of the people you are invading. Yeah, yeah and subjects you to international So essentially they're saying, this wasn't an invasion, this was actually an act on moral equivalence mm. with the last days of the Third Reich. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was assuming the end of the genocide, which was about to happen. Yeah, that's the take. Look, uh, there wasn't Facebook back then. We didn't know that this was going to be remembered forever. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, God. Let's leave Joe Hildebrand in his messy little pile. And just before we go on to topics, uh, a couple of like a few really quick things that have happened. Because uh, they're funny. Or some of them aren't funny, like BuzzFeed cutting a bunch of jobs and like BuzzFeed News in Australia being one of the only good uh, news publications. Oh, I know. How depressing is that? Alice Alice Workman and her team did fucking phenomenal work. Has Alice uh, Workman been sacked? Uh, they've. I don't know if they've immediately stopped working, but she said that her her entire team Shit. received redundancy letters. 
Yeah. So that's pretty bad. That's really bad, actually. So that's bad, but the rest of them are funny. Uh, well, I honestly didn't care about anybody else at BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what order do I go through them? We have to keep an eye on Louis C.K. because he's doing crazier things every week. So that's that's coming up next week. I'm going to start doing a Louis C.K. watch. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the new Musk. Yeah. yeah. Elon's recharging. So <laughs> yeah, he's Louis gone back to the base station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony Abbott was filmed talking about portaloos on fucking the beach, which was pretty good. And uh, also was quoted as saying, what we have to understand is that doctors err on the side of compassion. So we need to uh, build policy Take around their decision that making bias. away from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump Jr. thinks that Saturday Night Live abbreviated is S and L <laughs> with an ampersand. I love Don Jr. He, oh my he, God. He posted a tweet and it's like, this is like an S and L sketch. <laughs> Don Jr. Uh, the powerhouse of fuck that man. <laughs> he really is. He's a total burb. Uh, disgraced Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, uh, <laughs> Did you hear about I'm pretty this sure one? There you was can the... just say former Virginia governor. I don't think he's oh, still yet. in there. I think he's going. Awesome. Yeah, I think he, he will. But have it's to, implied but... in Virginia governor, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, disgrace. <laughs> that photo of him either in blackface or as a Klansman, and he won't confirm which. Oh no! So this the blackface was the Virginia Secretary of State. No, Ralph Northam, wasn't it? I thought it was the Secretary I mean, of State. It's probably every Virginian politician hence, at this point. Hence, hence, hence my pu- joke, yes. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But I, I very well be wrong about it. But holy shit. Uh, yeah, so he held a... That's, that's impressive. He uh, held a... a uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ralph Northam. Um, it's Ralph Northam. He held a press conference to explain, and he was like, that's not me in that photo. And I should know, because once I did do blackface to dress up as uh, Michael Jackson for a party. Oh, okay. So this is polish. like the whole Virginia cabinet then. So I mean, these are different. These are different. So he's the Klansman and the Secretary of State was blackface. I'm, get, sorry, maybe, I don't I'm getting it now. I think Ralph Northam might have been I'm in blackface. He's just denying it. But his amazing take was like, <laughs> and I should know because I've done blackface before. But that's not me because I've done blackface. I used shoe polish and I did the moonwalk. And then <laughs> a, a so reporter awesome. a reporter was like, can you still do the moonwalk? And he looked down as if he was about to do it. And his <laughs> wife stepped in and was like, inappropriate circumstances. And so it was like, These people are not your friends, honey. These people are not your friends. Yeah. We came this close to having Fucking Virginia governor, governor Ralph Northam doing a moonwalk. <laughs> <laughs> in a press conference about a blackface photo. That would have been the best. Yeah. And of course, the last little uh, nugget is the, 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 the banking Royal Commission thing where Josh Frydenberg tried to turn it into a photo opportunity. Oh, grinning like an absolute Ambushing moron. the wrong person. Yeah. Why yeah. would you and do getting that? nothing. What's the other You've dude's name again? Bill Hayden. Bill Hayden. He got less than nothing. He yeah. got told to fuck off on national television. Yeah, yeah. By one of the most senior, independent um, public servants in this Mm. country. Absolutely tremendous work from Hayden there. He's Uh, submitted his recommendations. It's mm. uh, a very big document. Yes. So ScoMo's going to have to get the Janet and John version on Mm. maybe two sides of A4 paper. Yeah. But all he needs to do... I'm I'm really glad he's been given 76 recommendations because Mm. all he needs to do is drop one... Mm. and 
all that we need is for Bill Shorten to notice, and he will notice because Bill's actually on point at the moment mm. in, a, in a Bill Shorten shithouse kind of way. <laughs> all he will need to do is not take one of those recommendations, and he definitely will. I reckon Mar- yeah. Morrison's going to like look at a third of them seriously, yeah, but it get around to none of them. Mm. Bill Shorten will be able to get one point in the polls at least for every recommendation that. Morrison ignores. Yeah, I think so. This has come at the most perfect time. I'm so happy that the Royal Commission mm. finished it and published it when they did. Yeah. Just perfect. So we can see the end of the Liberal Party. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we nearly saw the end of Josh Friedberg. He looked like he was yeah. about to bite his wrist off. I know. He was <laughs> struggling. We He's a funny guy. We, we, we kid around. <laughs> uh, we don't like to take ourselves too seriously, do we, but Bill? Uh, he looks quite upset, Josh. <laughs> Did you maybe think to, uh, I don't know, communicate with him at all before you brought mm. a bunch of journalists a into the room? bunch of journalists. And they're like, could we get a handshake? And he didn't even say <laughs> no. He just didn't do it. it so Fucking good. phenomenal. All right. Topics. The Valium grin of Josh Friedenberg. So... This is uh, taken from The Essential Report, mm-hmm. uh, essentialvision.com.au. Yes. Trends, the finger hut effect. Yeah. This is from EC, uh, EMC, rather, EMC mm-hmm. director Peter Lewis yes. on framing the economic debate. So right. there's this guy. He's American. He's mm. a pollster. His name is Vic Fingerhut. <laughs> and. So- <laughs> So unbelievable. American... <laughs> such a 70s detective. The fabric of American reality <laughs> is twisting apart in such a weird way. Vic Fingerhut. It's the just... name's Vic Fingerhut. Fingerhut. America, ever since Sam and Max hit the road, was released <laughs> in the mid-90s, America has gradually been, like, reforming itself to match that world. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. <laughs> Vic Fingerhut is a real person. And he has been advising progressive politicians since the 1960s. Now, okay, that's not necessarily a great endorsement, given how well they've been doing since the <laughs> 1960s. But but stay with me, stay We're with me. We're losing in the polls. Get me Fingerhut. <laughs> Oh, man. We need to give this a good finger-hutting. I mean, from what you told me, it sounds like they haven't been listening to him. No, no, of course not, because he's a fucking expert. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They hate experts. Uh, But he's he's got a, quote, reassuring political message. Mm. It's okay to stand up for what you believe in, and it might even win you elections. That's a nice uh, message. Fingerhut has discovered that people have extremely baked in points of view regarding broad economic terms, Mm -hmm. but not so much economic or political ideas. Yes. So, if you talk about economic management, Mm. people will assume that conservatives are better economic managers. Sure. This research, by the way, covers the United States of America, Canada, uh, the UK, and Germany. All right which means it will be 100% applicable to Australia. You, you don't need to give me any research to tell me that <laughs> Australians are just like, liberals are better economic managers. Yeah, despite all the data. So he's not yeah. talking about presenting evidence. This is just about how you frame things. Yeah. But if you say the Labour Party are much better at 
workplace relations and wages, yep. people will also believe that that is true. So if you talk about workplace relations, people think labour. Talk about economic management, people think liberal. Yeah. People do not think of these as being overlapping magisteria at all. As mm. far as people are concerned, each thing is its own discrete box. Yeah. And there's no overlap, which is fascinating and frightening in and of itself. But yes, broad economic terms, coalition wins. Short, or specific economic areas, labour wins. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Fingerhut's theory, yes. Bill Shorten has, and this is according to, I think, most of our listeners' theories as well, mm. by focusing on things like budget surpluses and so on, Bill Shorten has chosen to fight in coalition framing territory and therefore yep. put himself at a disadvantage. Yes, I can believe that. According to the way, the finger hut theory, it is frankly wiser to just ignore any area of terminology in which the public have a reflexive distrust of you yeah. and only focus on positive terminology. That makes a lot of makes a huge sense. amount of sense. A massive amount of sense. I mean, it's interesting it would be fascinating to look at the development of these ideas because mm-hmm. I don't believe the Tories are better economic managers, and I don't think there's very much data that proves that. Yeah. Even if you're looking at things like derivatives payments and stock prices and so on, there's really... That's more or less a global issue. Local governments don't have a massive impact on that in Australia. but It um, it is one of the the more baffling trends is that uh, consistently, at least in this country for the last sort of couple of decades maybe maybe a little bit less uh, economic management in that broad sense has actually fared better under way better under labor from a capitalist analysis, hugely better under labor. And that's because even though labor and liberals are both essentially neo libs, the fact is that the labor party attracts more intelligent fucking grounded people than the liberal party does. (laughs) I've got into this, I think before, which makes them in some ways more morally culpable for the disasters they've presided over. But hundred percent, whatever they're, they're, if they're, they're more talented and less stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not surprising at all that they're better economic managers. But Fingerhut's point... Fingerhut's point matter. is that that's not relevant. What's relevant yeah. is the framing. And Bill Shorten has gaffed by framing this along coalition lines because yeah. it turns off his voters and it does not attract new ones. Mm. You want to simply appeal to the broadest audience that you can by framing things in the most... I don't want to say this, but brand-friendly way that you can. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. that felt dirty. <laughs> I could tell. Well, like listener, I just shat through could, my mouth or something. If you oh, could see the, the, worst. the symphony of emotions that played across Darcy's face as he choked that one out. <laughs> oh. What's in, what will be interesting <laughs> is uh, if, uh, if this awareness of Finger Hut yeah. permeates through... To the party. Mm. So I think that the Labour Party is in a really great position. And I'm, I'm, I'm coming closer and closer to the, um, like, definitively deciding that Bill Shorten's safe pair of hands approach. Like I figured, like, yeah, okay, like, he's going to beat Scott Morrison because yeah. whatever, you just watch him implode and maybe it's a good thing if Shorten just keeps his mouth shut. It's not. If we had a proper... Mm progressive leader in the Labour Party at the moment, 
the liberals are buried for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. It's Just the, torn the apart like to, warm bread. I mean, that's been the, the story throughout the entire Liberal Party implosion has just been consistently... Uh, how funny is it that the liberals are destroying themselves and also simultaneously how funny is it that Shorten can't fucking capitalise on this? Yeah. Choice of word intentional. Indeed. Uh, Good word. Because he, he is also an incompetent boob, just less sort of uh, dramatically so. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the guy who destroyed Kevin Rudd's and then Julie Gillard's premierships as well. Yeah. Which was awesome. Yeah. Oh, but- the, uh, the other through line, of, of course, has us vacillating on whether we want shortened just because the libs have been such a fucking nightmare for this country yeah or the of course we want a proper fucking left-wing leader but trying to attenuate our uh, misery over the fact that that absolutely cannot happen under the current system and the labor party is currently uh set up it's true look the labor party have a membership vote foot in the door now it's Mm. not as effective as britain's Mm. Otherwise, Bill Shorten would not be the leader of the party. Yeah. Um, that was a clear case of the parliamentary members massively overriding the branch members. Yeah. Which is kind of a consistent theme in Australian politics. Yes. Yeah, One thing is. I like about American politics is that can't happen. Mm. Um, and as much as that's been a terrible indictment of the American people for the past <laughs> 50 years, yeah. at least now that there's... Um, a kind of growing political consciousness amongst young American people. You can see that immediately translating yeah. into effective candidates. It's being proving elected. to be their salvation, the yeah. primary system. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we need to take a leaf from their book on this one. Yeah. And direct primaries. Kill, shoot the party whips in the back of the heads. Yeah. Direct primaries all the way for local branch members. Yeah. Yeah. It would be good. Uh, I would, I would love to see it. But, of course, at this point, it's too late. If there were a leadership change in the Labor Party, it would fucking... Oh, yeah. We're, we're talking about the maybe the line. only way and that the Libs could... this could be one election. effective thing that Liberal Party members might be able to do before mm. their party hopefully dies. Yeah. Is they are more likely, I think, than Labor Party members to demand that parties lose pre-selection power. Yeah, yeah. Especially well, with, with the-, the way Scott Morrison's... Just shitting all over the deck at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> cocked up like three or four in a row. <laughs> just amazing cell yeah. phones. Yeah, yeah. Passing over Liberal Party stalwarts for fucking former Labour people like Mundane. And- he's he's not just kicked an own goal. He's actually also kicked out the goalkeeper's kneecap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's injured the fucking his entire team. It's remarkable. He would as well. You could just see. Mm. Playing school soccer with ScoMo, he'd absolutely fucking crash tackle the wrong people. Yeah, yeah. Didn't even have the ball in the same jersey. Oh, sorry. Captain's call. Captain's call. Oh, no. Mm. Scott Morrison. (laughs) Buffoon. He is. Uh, But anyway, yeah. So Fingerhut is telling us that we need to bear down on our progressive... That we need to... yeah. And if you think about it, Mm. when Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard and Wayne Swan thrashed Howard, Mm. yes, so work choices was a thing on the table. That was massive. And they led a really strong thunder campaign against it. Yeah. And also 
fought a really strong progressive line on climate change, and they yeah. landslid it. They yeah. killed it. Uh, Rudd slid it, please. Hey. Sorry, Kevin yeah. 07, Kevin 07, Kevin 07, Kevin 07. Yeah, fuck. Up to Kevin 08, then. Yeah. Or was it 2010? I can't remember. Who, I don't care. Anymore. Who knows, man? It was all what such a, a vortex of, of fuck, <laughs> wasn't yeah. it? Oh, no, the mining company will leave. Oh, will they? Okay, I'll reverse my position. Yeah, yeah. Why not just say, don't At worry. At least he held on to that leadership position, though, as a result of that compromise, and he's still our current prime minister, serving his fifth term. Feeble prick. And we live in a socialist utopia. Just, yeah, whatever. The companies can leave. The mine will literally still be there, and so will the workers. We can just yeah. make a new company. It's definitely getting to the point where we need to start being more aggressive with that. <laughs> oh, companies will up sticks and take away their investment. Good. Yeah. Fuck off. They're not going to stop selling their product here first. Sounds like the Department of Primary Industries just got itself a free mine. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Expropriate that shit. <laughs> yeah. 100%. So we should we should uh, bear down on our uh, on our messaging and and push for it. Absolutely, and um, parties like Vic Socialists and uh, the Greens um, can make Labor take that line. Yeah, I'm um, hopefully as the small progressive parties become more and more or attract more and more of the primary vote. Yeah. The Labour Party will eventually be put into a position where either it can spend the rest of its life as the big lumbering fish in a coalition government mm. being led around by the scavenger, or yeah. it can fucking become an aggressive progressive organization again and yeah. not have to have these resentful deals with minor party crossbenchers. Yeah, yeah. Because I would, if if the Labour Party was to become a proper socialist party again, like mm. it was in its heyday, I would yeah. absolutely back it. Sure. If if we were dealing with a Whitlam style uh, scenario, give me Whitlam. Give or, me that goff. Give me that goff. He did it. He he just scraped over the line. <laughs> he was promising free education, free healthcare, yeah. and. Everyone gets access to the sewage system, which was a novelty in Australia in the 70s, and he yeah. just beat the Tories, by the gang, who were promising absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, it was just <laughs> amazing. Works, man. The Australian electorate is so fucked. But point made. Yeah. You fight on the issues that your brand is strong with, and you will yeah. do well. Yeah. Don't, and you become another Ed Miller band. Yeah. Ed Miliband. I'm going to be evil boy right wing and David Cameron. <laughs> Lost all my votes. Don't know what happened there. Yeah. He just looks like... Uh, he's this optical illusion, Ed Miliband, where every photo, every consecutive photo that you look at him, it looks like he's shrinking a little bit inside his clothes. But it's like the the FS staircase that goes on forever because he never gets small enough that Joe, he disappears I, into I the I was suit. thinking he looks a lot like the kind of Mark One prototype for Jimmy Carr. That was just like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. He's the one that the, the robotics boffins built in their garage using <laughs> limited materials. Without a proper, you know, rubber caster for the skin and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They had to use melt down their mum's <laughs> fucking washing up gloves or whatever. Yeah, 100% <laughs> poured into a weird puffy mould that they've made out of one of their own faces. 
was so amazing he couldn't beat Cameron after. I've got to say, David mm. Cameron, you're the Prime Minister when the parliamentary expenses scandal breaks out. The least popular Prime mm. Minister maybe in British history. Yeah. Le- less popular than Blair now, less popular than Thatcher. Mm. Still managed to win an election campaign. He's that, a fucking... That's a, that's a, that's, that, that, that's a resentful kind of acknowledgement there. He has made some deal Jesus with the devil because sure. the way that he's fucking managed to slip out like a greasy turd at the end of all of it and then handball it to a bigger disaster. Yeah. Well, I mean, he beat Miliband because of yeah. finger hut theory. 100% finger yeah, hut yeah. theory explains that. Yeah. And as far as um, Brexit goes, he was just in time to be perceived by the kind of the, the idiot gyroscope is doing the honourable thing. Yeah. Right? So, like, all right. fucking absolute Hail Mary. Res- resent him, but he resigned just in time. Yeah. And so his legacy is, like, for the moment intact. He's in that sort of honeymoon period at the moment where they haven't started to kind of oh, reanalyze the, the and, only, and whatnot. But- the, the only person who has been on um, any of their major news programs mm. and laid into David Cameron was Danny Dyer. <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> it was beautiful. All right. I bet it was good. Here's an edit point. Mm. We will find the Danny Dyer bit <laughs> and stick it in. Yeah, it's amazing. 100%. Going back to that, this, this whole Brexit thing, when, when, when mm. you know, you're judging them on, on, on Brexit, they don't know nothing about it. Who knows about Brexit? Yeah, quite. Uh, no one's got to include what Brexit is, yeah? You watch Question Time, it's comedy. Were you no clearer when Jeremy Corbyn explained No, I got the clue. Policy. No one knows what it is. It's like this mad riddle that no one knows what it is, right? So what's happened to that twat David Cameron oh. who called it on? <laughs> Let's be fair. Oh. I think what? you're referring no, to no, our former no, Prime no, Minister. No. Yeah, but why the, how comes he can scuttle off? He called all this on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He, he has no regrets. Where's, where is he? He's in Europe, in Nice, with his trotters up, yeah? Where is the geezer? I think it should be held account for it. You know it should be held you know account it's a, for it. It's a valid point. A lot of people do feel Twat. that the yeah, totally. And and early on, Dyer was onto it really early, <laughs> way ahead of the commentariat, whose jobs it is to comment on things. Yeah, his his job is to read lines other people have written for him, and he was still there first. <laughs> Danny Dyer is a weird one. Where like, I can't. I should hate him. I should hate him just for his fucking stupid aesthetic, for his in-your-face fucking uh, fake working-class authenticity horse shit. <laughs> but every now and again, every now and again, because he's I such a, a low-stakes individual. Uh, I have a definite, I have definite, definite soft spot for Danny Dyer. Mm. I really do. I, I could not tell you why. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, at least he's not fucking trebling university fees or <laughs> initiating That's massive, true. disastrous he's, EU relations. He is mostly harmless. Yeah. He's a fucking entertainer, so... Also, he... And he admit- doesn't seem to be raping people or molesting kids, so... There's also, like, this just a bit where British regional accents are rapidly vanishing from, from broadcasting and yeah. from... The British accent is becoming a more and more homogenised accent, which is, I think, really sad. Because one of the things I loved about Britain was that it was still awash with medieval accents. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so when you get guys who have a really, really, really over-the-top regional accent on broadcasting, it's Mm. it's just, I don't know, it's nice. It's going to be sad when it's gone. It is 100% going to be sad when it's gone. Even if the regional accent is Billingsgate Fish Market. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a region. It's a region. Actually, it's a big fish market. It's a huge region. Yeah. Is it that market where... Did you see that show of, like, the guy who was the market's king? Or whatever. And he, I forget his name, but he had a fucking stupid little hat on and he was like... No, this one's passed me by, I'm afraid. Oh, I'll, I'll have to track it down for you and send you a link if, if it's up somewhere. And he's like... It's me, the fucking king of the market. I'm a rough and tumble kind of guy. And I'm going to go to some of the busiest markets in the world and see if I can fucking get it uh, get it done. And he goes around to like three or four famous <laughs> international... Done? Yeah, yeah, good question. <laughs> he goes around to three or four famous international markets and sets up a stall and just eats shit at every single one. He doesn't do well at all. He tries... He's like, I know what this uh, foreign market in fucking Thailand or wherever the fuck I am right now will like. Jelly deals from England. Bit of company know-how. He tries to sell jelly deals at this market and everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? No, I'm not going to buy jelly deals. So he has a- Do you remember the goodness gracious me sketch Mm -hmm. where um, they tumble into an English restaurant when they're pissed? I do not. So goodness gracious me, if you don't know, is a sitcom from the 90s. It's a sitcom. It's a sketch comedy program mm. from the 90s, which was a bunch of um, South Asian actors and writers. Mm. And one of the sketches they did was drunk Indians looking for an English after an evening on the piss. <laughs> yeah. And they stumble into a pub. Uh, let's have an English. Let's have an English. Give us the blandest thing on the menu, mate. Give us the bland. Oh, bland, bland. I, can ha- I can handle it, mate. I can handle it. The blandest thing. Don't even put salt in it. Don't. <laughs> And um, Sanjeev Bhaskar got a tweet from somebody who was, I think, Malaysia Airlines or mm. um, Air Siam or one one of the, the little Southeast Asian airlines. Mm. But they had uh, got somebody who did not speak English as a first language to translate the menus. And so one of the offerings for dinner was European style, brackets, bland. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. A hundred percent. What's Sanjeev up to these days? He um, has been playing King Arthur in Spamalot. Oh, right. Yeah, in the UK. He's doing really well. Yeah, good for him. And I discovered awesomely, so he... his The reason Goodness Gracious Me happened in the first mm. place was he was trying to chat a woman up at a bar Mm. and either she hadn't made it clear to him that she was an entertainment journalist or he had not been paying attention because he was just trying to shag her. Yeah. But he'd basically, he he and his friend had done the program called um, Secret Asians. Yeah. And it was just the two of them and they'd called it off after no one turning up to any of their gigs. Mm. But he was like, yeah, so we're going to get that back together. Yeah, have a go on tour. Very underground, you know. And she was like, oh yeah, cool. Anyway, his found this article in i don't know beat or something mm. about how the secret agents were making a comeback from their like <laughs> covert operations tour to have a stake at the big time and he was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> so he called his mate and said we, we need to we have to perform now <laughs> and off the back of the write-up a bbc talent scout was there mm. and said hey like we don't have any south asian comedy we need some obviously because We've got a big demographic now. Yeah. Do you want to be do us a pilot and see how it goes? And so um, lots of comedians hate Sanjeev Bhaskar yeah. enormously. Affirmative action <laughs> in just, action. Well, no, just 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 because he like literally just fucking in a pissed, fell ass backwards into a fucking just, yeah. TV show. Yeah, awesome. But yeah. you know he's good. I like yeah, him. Good for him. Deserves it. Yeah, Sanjeev and Fingerhut. 
I think we've we've naturally moved on from Finger Hut, so we should probably go along to your bit now. Yeah, it's it's going to be brief. Uh, the US. It's okay. We spent ages on stories. Yeah, stories. The US twenty twenty election uh, campaign, primary Democratic primary campaign, is winding up. Uh, it's still fucking ages away, so it's mental that we have to talk about it now. But the, the launch sequence is over. Yeah, yeah. But we can talk about who's who's in now, which is pretty much everybody. Yeah, it's uh, massive, isn't it? And mediocre. Yeah, yeah, extremely mediocre. So let's talk about some of the people uh, who are in it. Uh, we'll work our way up to the big names, shall we? Yep. Uh, and ignore the little names that I don't know who they are. So uh, there's... Sherrod, Sherrod Brown. Know nothing about uh, Sherrod Brown or Sherrod Brown, including I, I, how to pronounce his name. I've I think it's Sherrod. I don't think, I don't know actually if he's formally announced or whatever, but he's been on everybody's lips. Uh, formally described by many people as a younger, more marketable Bernie Sanders. Mm. Has recently walked back from supporting Medicare for All. So, so not a younger, more marketable Bernie Sanders. Not a younger, Sanders. more marketable Bernie Sanders. Another... Weak-willed uh, centrist, he can be probably discounted. He's not going to get very far. Right. Uh, there's Tulsi Gabbard. Sexy Nazi. Yep, yep, basically. Essentially, she's one of the many women of colour who uh, a bunch of former Hillary stands are kind of hitching their wagon to and saying, you must support women of colour unless they're Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, in which case she needs to sit down and shut up and learn yeah, how to do her job. fascists are way better than social Democrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Tulsi is, yeah, another one of those kind of fairly progressive voices who has a, uh, yeah. a extremely sketchy <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard's kind of all over the place. She is, right? She's really... Um, she's a, a political opportunist, but her timing is not very opportune. She seems yeah. to just get it wrong every single go she has. Yeah. I think she was against... No, she wasn't. She was not against the... I was, she, was, she, she supported Bernie... Mm. But she also didn't support any of his policy ideas. It was a weird thing, which was like, I endorse Bernie Sanders, mm. but I am not in favour of any of this, yeah. um, any of this democratic socialism business. Which was a pretty common move back then, because nobody had any idea how uh, powerful the groundswell had become. Uh, or nobody in Washington. Yeah, but it's a, it's a weird take for a professional politician. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just... just, just Go for Clinton, surely. I think she's one of those people who uh, had kind of uh, skated by on nobody really paying any attention to her. Well, she is from Hawaii. Yeah, yep. And uh, then all of a sudden she said that and people started paying attention to her and she was like, oh, shit, Uh, (laughs) the harsh light of day. Well... Uh, but it was weird because it was always it was a gamble with no payoff because yeah. like I'm going to support this kind of radical outsider who the party hates, yeah. But I'm not going to align with any of his positions, so yeah. I will not get any payoff. None of his um, fan base will ever gravitate towards me. I'm mm. just going to hemorrhage support from this decision. Yeah, yeah. It was so well, weird. We're dealing with morons here. The That's American, true. We are dealing with morons. American Congress people. Uh, but yeah, I, I think she was just hedging her bets and played it poorly. So she's running. Uh, she's in with a very small she's, shot. Well, she's, she's, she's gonna... screwed her campaign launch up and she's lost all of her ancillary staff who are going to help make yeah. the bid. So she's yeah. out, basically. She's she's definitely not going to make the final uh, ones. There's Cory Booker, who is another... The, the inevitable Cory Booker. Yeah. The who... slowest fucking 
train in the history of democratic politics. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> He's one of a million people who said, yeah, yeah, Medicare for all. I support that. And then when asked about the specifics, has walked back and said, yeah. well, we don't want to eliminate private insurance. You don't want to when I say I uh, support that, I mean, mm. you know, good on the Brits. They're a plucky little country. <laughs> and I, yeah. I hope it works out well for them. Yeah, old what, friends of Not ours. doing it over here, though. That, that'd no, be insane. That would be nuts. <laughs> uh, He's most notable for his fictional friend slash rival Tebow, <laughs> a character that Cory Booker invented. Yeah, you who, were the one to tell the people. <laughs> who is a drug dealer that he knows from his youth and hangs out f- from time to time whenever he needs a sound bite about this bizarre Ben Carson esque. <laughs> Yeah. Made up childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. T-Bone, who... <laughs> you can tell the story's gotten out of control because he said that T-Bone tried to kill him. He said that T-Bone tried to kill him at one point, which is just the fucking craziest thing. He tried to kill me with a lamb shank, which is why we call him T-Bone. It's ironic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's about... Five foot eleven. <laughs> He's got a scar exactly three inches over his left eye. This is what of Six these... fingers on one hand and a mustache. You know, like in 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 kind of nineties UK television, the criminals were always called like Gugsy and yeah, Narxy and stuff, and those mm. were never nicknames that had ever been used by actual gangsters. As T Bone is a name that comes yeah. up a lot in American crime fiction. Yeah, surely no criminal has ever actually. No, been I reckon there T-Bone. was maybe one dude in the mid eighties when hip hop was extremely like sweet and aesthetic, and he's like, "My name's T Bone, and I'm here to say, taking drugs is not okay." Like the pre NWA kind of. I only cook in indirect heat. <laughs> Because the bone is wider than most meat. of the meat. meat. Yeah, we were both trying to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, T-Bone. Fucking T-Bone. So, Cory Booker is a wet fart. He's maybe a, a risk, but... Uh, uh, I, I, I think, think I gonna... think Booker's um, a pretty strong contender. Not, I, think I don't think he should be, but he is. But he's going to drop out, I think, and leave us with these final few people. Okay. Uh, well, Joe Biden is... There's two ways that Joe Biden can go. He can either be a late-stayer or he'll drop out really, really early. I, I think, think Biden's going to be a late-stayer because a lot of the Democratic Party's mm. saddest and most boring fuckwits still consider Joe Biden to be... Yeah. I don't know. Somebody who isn't Joe Biden is yeah. the only way I can Obama's say Obama's hilarious best friend is yeah. the way that they think about him and not as somebody with a, a, a long history of quite shitty Horrendous decision-making and foreign yeah. policy disasters, yeah. you know, from undermining the nascent democracy of Iraq. Yeah. Which was something that we did after we killed them <laughs> to give it to them and we took it yeah. away from them at the yeah. first fucking hurdle. <laughs> oh, boy, did we bungle that one. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, add that to the list of awesome decisions about replacing countries' leaders that we've made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also happened wow. to us, potentially, with Goff and... and, and um, yeah, yeah. We as Fraser. Australians know this yeah. trauma of having a leader uh, illegally. And i got to say, we came off uniquely well for it. 
given how it goes historically. Yeah, yeah. We, what we got was, meh, not much change. Really, <laughs> it was like, Fraser got in and he was like, oh, yeah, I see the sense of these ideas. Yeah. We also, I'm going to start bullying uh, the South Africans about apartheid. I don't like it. Never didn't want. This is- yeah. Yeah. So that was, I guess, we were just lucky that we, we were didn't very get lucky. like knife tooth and the we, sort of guys oh, that usually we get were, installed. We were amazingly lucky. Mm. Uh, but yes, uh, but yeah, that was that was the national lottery. It's been won. Yeah, yeah. No one else is going to get that. Sorry, we <laughs> we got that jackpot. Um, yeah. So there's Joe Biden. He's just a fucking shit old, uh, dem style guy. Yeah, he's a milk toast. Uh, the more serious contenders, Kamala Harris is obviously the big, the horse to beat. Yeah, uh, Kamala Harris, the, um... Cop. No excuses cop. Yeah. The terrifying district attorney. Yeah, who prosecuted the parents of truant children. Yeah. Uh, in her heyday. Uh, I think she's an absolute Exactly what America needs right now. Mm. Uh, who, again, said that she supported Medicare for All. And then when some people got upset about it, one of her aides said, oh, she's open to policies which... Uh, are not that. <laughs> yeah, which don't phase out uh, private insurance. She's actually she's Groucho Marx in a completely unacceptable costume. <laughs> yeah. What she's done is she's made it clear that her personal preference is Medicare for all, but she has legitimately backed every single other uh, policy that's sort of Obamacare leftwards. Uh, so she is a chameleon on that issue and she's not going to, she's not going to push for any genuine social change. No. She's progressive for a Dem, but she's also got all of the worst, like uh, viciousness and, and terrible technocratic instincts. Yeah. As well. Uh, so she sucks. She sucks. And she's probably the most likely establishment front runner. We need to save the system from the people. That's mm. the yeah. motto of the majority yes. of the Democrat candidates who've announced their yep. candidacy. Yeah, and she is the, I think, massively the bigger than Booker. She's the biggest feature of that one. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. There's Beto, but I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's announced. I don't think he's gonna run. No, I think uh, he's had his fun. I, I don't think we're gonna to hear much from Beto for a bit. <laughs> from Robert. Uh, okay, so the other big ones are Liz Warren who Boo. <laughs> keeps tripping over her own tits like a fucking bumbly moron. Liz Warren's a terrible campaigner, but I don't mind that she's a terrible campaigner because I think she's a terrible choice. I don't like Liz Warren. She's all. a terrible choice. I don't trust choice. her. I don't like her. I think she's a Tory. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's, she, again, I want to save the system from the people, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. She would be better than Harris. Yeah. But- well, because some of the people she wants to save the system from are system insiders. Yeah. Right, so she's more enlightened in that respect than, say, Obama was with yeah. his um, terrible response to the financial crisis. Yeah. But, man, she's just... Ultimately, what she wants is to bring America back to a sort of pre-Clinton regulated uh, econ- like capitalist economy. Yeah. She's, she's, she's not going to make she's any... She's one of these people who think that these minute transitional moments in capitalism can be somehow magically sustained indefinitely as a sort of sweet spot. Yeah. And it's fucking nuts. It's not how it works. She, the one benefit is she's probably more likely to push for healthcare reform than uh, any of the other candidates bar one. Probably true. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll grant you, I'd rather Warren to any of the names you've dropped so far. Yeah. But I cannot, 
imagine being excited about it. No, no, nor me neither. Uh, there is somebody to get excited for. Obviously, hasn't yet announced, but almost a foregone conclusion at this point. Our lad, Bernard Sanders. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still coming after them. <laughs> me and Alexandria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful young people we got in the country. Taking things into their own hands. I don't have a bit. That's the problem. I'm you know, she said a great bit. She said every billionaire is a policy failure. Yeah, yeah. I would like to endorse that comment. Yeah, exactly. We've got Bernard, obviously, a bit of a hero. Uh, people keep trying to derail him by t- bringing up videos of him from the 80s, being like, I'm a socialist, and being like, he calls himself a socialist. And everybody That's amazing being like, that people That's are still using the- that yeah. bit, isn't it? That's kind yeah. of the fucking point. So uh, he hasn't announced, but... Uh, it's a sort of a backfiring, isn't it, when jiu-jitsu... So there's that bit where if you use your opponent's strength against him, yeah, that doesn't mean let him punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You do have to actually move out of the way still. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if he announces, which hopefully he will do. I hope he, he does. He should uh, at this point. Um, that's That's potentially the only hope for American electoral politics in the next... In the immediate future, yeah. In the immediate future, I heard I heard rumors on the underground mm. that H Dog was this picking is, herself back this up. This is what I wanted to get to: the secret yeah. boss, the, uh, <laughs> the, the fucking the Dark Lord rising again. Oh Lord dear, the Negger candidate. Yeah, yeah. What did you call her? The Negger. N e g a. Thank you. I God, know. I know. God, our listeners know. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillary Clinton, the fucking... (laughs) Ah, the bane of the people. The great singing grief song of the West. John Farnham of American politics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Destabilizing Central and South American uh, governments is all the rage at the moment, so she's right in her wheelhouse. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Of course, there is the possibility that she get the strong possibility that she gets up and uh, imitates vape and decides to run for president again against all wisdom. Uh, and if that happens, well, we may just be fucked. Yeah, we may just be fucked. That's true. That's true. She she did it once. She could do it again. Yeah, she could throw such a gigantic spanner in the works. She couldn't win. She's not going to win the presidency. Say that right now. She might not even win candidacy, but she could do some fucking damage. Look, if the Dems get Booker, Kamala, or Sanders, mm. they I think they're guaranteed to beat Trump. Yeah. I think if they get um, Warren or Biden, they mm. will almost definitely beat Trump. Mm. But yeah, if, if, if get Hillary Trump, gets in, it no. will be a world it'll of pain. Be, it'll be a loss, yeah. Yeah, I think the most likely outcome... Uh, not one that I am particularly fond of. I think most likely outcome is that Harris gets the nomination and probably beats Trump and becomes the next president. However, I also, like everybody, thought that Clinton would beat Trump. So. I thought she'd beat him as well. So. I wasn't, yeah, it was, a, it was one of the least excited times I was. So, yay, the Tories are going to lose. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. The, the Nazis are going to lose. The Tories are going to win. It's, mm. it, uh, yeah, it's still better. But, uh, it's, it's better than Nazis. Fuck. It's not, it's it's not, not a, good. It's not stimulating territory. Yeah, yeah. 
So I think that's the most likely outcome, but it's early days yet. It is early We're days We're mostly yet. watching people we shoot don't. themselves in the foot. And, and, and there, there are time for um, for late drop-ins, as the, per the Clinton speculation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The fact that this is considered a late drop-in is so such an indictment of the American campaign system. We're talking about a primary for a presidential election that's going to happen in November next year. Yeah. So we're still like almost a year out from the primary campaign beginning. It is massive bonkers. And we have to deal with these people. But, you know, it's grist to the mill, Kieran. Yeah. It'll make it, researching will be easier for us for the next bit. Yeah. And to be honest, I sound like I'm griping, but my main interest in US politics is like the longest running and most uh, nuts kind of essentially pro wrestling (laughs) storyline in history. Like it's spectacle to me primarily. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, except in so far as Sanders is involved, it, so it's one of the joys of not being an American is you can you're f- more free to just enjoy this stuff. Yeah, and we'll and never try be forced not to, to choose whether or not to vote for Hillary against yeah, Trump. This like, is true. That horrible. Our political choices are much easier in Australia. Yeah, just never liberal. Just never liberal. Never liberal. <laughs> never liberal. So easy. And you get to have your cake and still half of the country still gets it wrong depressingly frequently, yeah. but it's so easy. You get to eat your cake and still have it tomorrow with the preferential voting system. Which Very is true. Our, uh, I like the preferential voting system. I'm coming around to abolishing... I, I think the only problem with it is you should not have to do backup votes. It should be enough yeah, yeah, to yeah. just put down your first pick. Yeah. And if you're prepared to say, I don't care after that, then that's fine. Yeah, you should be Because you should to, not have to endorse people that you despise under any circumstances. You should be able to put... Donkey vote is your second preference. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there are some refinements, but overall, it's fucking infinitely better than the American system. That is true. Uh, in some ways. It's also difficult, more difficult, like we said, to get uh, grassroots shit in there, but hey, another tweak. If we could get some direct primaries happening, then... Look, it is doable. Yeah. It's surprisingly doable. There's you no know, a lot, of, a lot of things get done all the time. Maybe we should start thinking about how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. When is the Republican movement coming back? Oh, um, she will have to die. After that... Lizzie, yeah. Yeah, could well be a thing. Depends. Yeah. Depends how much of a mess Charlie makes of it, I think. Yeah. Because I think if, if, if Harry... Sorry, if, if Will ends up becoming king and we are not out of there yet, I'd say we're set for another monarch, probably. Yeah. But, but Charles will give us a chance to get out. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'll, I'll be forced to like Prince Charles. <laughs> I... You know, for a hereditary monarch, he's all right. He's pretty good. He's a he's just a horny harmless old, dog, old isn't hippie. He? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who could forget? He brought us Princess Diana, Diana, Princess of Wales, for whom there is still a bafflingly robust system of groups. Yeah, uh, right. Who absolutely love her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because she was a relatively relatable Sloan Ranger. Yeah, well, uh, my current Twitter header picture is one of my favourite pictures. Oh, my old one, actually. I shouldn't have brought that up. Uh, But uh, a picture made in complete earnestness is a picture of the Twin Towers on fire with Diana's head floating in the sky, superimposed, and just, we will never forget 9-11 or Princess Diana. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, In complete sincerity. 
Fantastic. Do you know, I, I don't understand misanthropy. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, how can you not adore this fucking mad bunch of weird people? I've yeah. <laughs> A massive gaggle of hyper-advanced, mentally ill apes. Seven billion (laughs) unhinged lunatics living in weird fantasy worlds. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is quite quite heartening in a sort of... When they're not all fucking genociding each other. I think that'll do us. I think that'll do me. Yeah. Thank you, listener, for listening. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with the show to tell us just how wrong we are you mm-hmm. can reach us at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com yes you certainly can and you can follow us on at week for bleak to uh mm-hmm. be uh, be assured of timely new uh what do you call them program releases yes yes that's the term that everybody <laughs> uses <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thanks to Leonardo's Robot for our outro song. I thought about the season two thing. I figure maybe every 50 episodes we should switch it up. Just because I didn't have something and then I dropped the ball and now there's not a natural exit point. Fair enough. Every Uh, 50 episodes it is. So we're still in season one. Just want to make that clear. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, this is episode 30. We we run 50 episodes. We could do it every 30 episodes. We We could change to season two next episode. I don't know. I mean, do we have somebody lined up? I can get something in a week. All right. This is the end. It might be another <laughs> fucking Leonardo's Robot song, I, but... Formally declare season one over. Hey, what a finale. Go back to your homes. That's a wrap. Fuck off. <laughs> Top shit, mate. Best of luck next time.